Hi, it's DM Bill, and as you can tell, I am not impressed. Why, you may ask? Because it's what us old folks do. You want to know what does impress me? Besides a full night's sleep without a trip to the bathroom, every two hours, online shopping. That's right, online shopping impresses me. There's nothing I like more than clicking on the doodads on my jitterbug phone and buying the latest D&D books and gaming accessories from Amazon and having it delivered right to my door. That's darn convenient. Next time your kids are on your Twitcher book or Facey time, impress DM Bill and head on over to our website, thedungeonmastersdojo.com, and do some online shopping at our Amazon affiliate store. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's a great way to support a podcast. See you next time in the dojo. I have Arcana plus six. Do I recognize the book? No. I just rolled in at 20 plus six. That's um, Just then, Magnificus approaches the book. I know this tome, he says confidently. Him again? It's Dungeon Master Pitfalls this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Greetings and salutations, DMs, GMs, referees, judges, and all other varieties of storytellers. I am Lewis, and they need no introduction. The fellas with the Vorpal Sword Wit, our host, Scott and Bill. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. How are you guys doing this evening? Pretty good, Louis. Yourself? Not too bad. Yeah, good. Good. I have a Vorpal Sword Wit. How could I be anything but good? I'm still waiting to see you roll that 20. Well, that's <laughs> me too. <laughs> so this week... We're going to be talking about Game Master Pitfalls. Why don't you lead us into it? They're a, they're a thing. I mean, there's a, there's a, uh, a lot of pitfalls you can really, really inadvertently fall into when uh, running a game, especially if, if, you're, uh, if, if you're brand new to it. Even, even a veteran DM will kind of stumble into one uh, every now and again, usually as a result of burnout. That happens. Um and it happens. I see it happens quite a bit. Um, I've seen a few DMs get burnt out. Even you were burnt out a little bit, and so it wasn't Bill. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was one <clears throat> session where, at the end of the scenario, I announced I will no longer be game mastering. I want to play. I'm over it. I'm done thinking. I. That's it. I'm done. Someone pick it up. Yeah, and some of us did for a little while. And they did. Apparently, it works for Bill. Uh, I've, I've I've yet to <laughs> yet to have someone step forward and. You had that year off when me and Eric ran. I think I ran for half. Well, maybe um, half, but you still had some time off. off. But let's talk about some of the um, the pitfalls. Uh, the first one being overused plot devices. Yeah, that's that's um, that's one of my favorites right there. The overused plot devices, uh, second only to the party <laughs> meets in a tavern. Uh, well, that or you wake up in a in a dark room. Yes. Uh, okay, I woke up. How did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Again? Didn't I wake up in a dark room last week? And then time, time to stop drinking at that tavern you met your party at. <laughs> yeah, well that could be it. So how how do we overcome some of these pitfalls? They're they're um they're tricky because I think everybody sets out wanting to do something really original. And it's hard to do because uh we've been you know, the game's been around 
40 some odd years. Let's face it, there's nothing original. Everything's been done. Yeah. All you can do is put a different flavor on it, come at it from a slightly different angle, um, and it becomes different for your group. Yeah. Yeah. Dip it in chocolate and call it dessert. You know, that's uh, really all you all you can do. Um, and then working with the players as well. I think when, when players uh, kind of come up with an idea or a concept mid-game, and it's and oftentimes it'll be way cooler than the stuff that you you had planned. Roll with it. They're they're feeding you some really quality stuff, so 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 take it. Players are probably the uh, the best sources of inspiration for for plot devices. Really, oh, a tremendous resource, tremendous resource. A lot of times you'll start your game, you'll be sitting down, and my always my go to is when last we met. And that means that the, the session is officially open. But before I say that, I'll listen. And the group will start going on, and, and inevitably they start doing things in character. And that can become your your intro more than once. Because, oh, well, I'm, I'm following him. I'm doing this. Oh, you're doing what? Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Well, I'm going along with what? You know this is going to go south. Oh, let's, go, let's go watch him get hung. Uh, or, or burst in the flames or, or whatever. And then it's like, oh, great. Well, last we met, you were all following so-and-so on his, his demise where he's going to get hung, burned at the stake, and probably disemboweled at the same time. Boom, your character just gave you your intro. And and they probably even steered you away from kind of a tired plot device, just musing out loud. I don't know how many times I've been at the table and – our our group has been sitting around and they've been brainstorming. Well, maybe this is this is it. You know, maybe they're looking for something different. Maybe there's some th- something sinister behind this, and it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So I go with it. I was like, wow, that's that's way cooler than the stuff I I came up with. Let's let's go let's go with that. And they take you down a path that um isn't uh isn't tired like the one maybe that you to start them on right because like i said sometimes you don't even realize realize you've fallen into that that pit trap starting in the tavern you've been summoned oh yep. geez how many times have we been summoned um i'm changing my address uh i'm gonna now live in the shack behind the blacksmith shop where they can't find me because i'm tired of these pieces of paper being nailed to my front door and making me do things i don't want to do yeah stop summoning me but it's the easy way out sometimes. It, it is it is oh, the, the easiest yeah. of ways out. I think drawing them together in in a different different fashion than uh you've been summoned or you meet at a tavern, because when when you do that, not only is it kind of a tired plot device, I mean it can be kind of cool for nostalgia purposes if you toss it in there once in a while. Um but if you if you allow them to tell you, all right, so how do you guys know each other? That way you you kind of get away from the, okay, we just met at a tavern or we just were summoned so we don't know each other. How do you how do you know each other? Yeah. You know, you'll most of the time you'll you'll go, I don't know. I say, all right, we'll figure it out. Well there's let me know. There's a tactic I used to use way back when. Way back when. Um and I'd let everyone make their character and I'd say, all right, who wants to do an introduction? They do an introduction. Great. The person to the left. Now, how do you know them? And 
give me your background and how do you know that person? Well, I don't. No, you do. How do you know him? And then the next person. Great. Give an introduction. How do you know that person? And everyone has to know the person to their left or to their right. It makes sense. By the time you get all the way around the table, someone knows someone else. And a lot of times you get halfway through your table of five, six, seven, eight people, and now they're, they're reaching across the table. Well, I don't know him, but I know that one. Right. Because yep. all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's like, good. And it's like, then you turn around to the one on the other side where you first started. Well, then how do you know him across the table? And that and, can be entertaining too, especially oh, just, with the group we play with because they'll, they'll come out with some crazy stuff. Like, we don't, we don't like each other. That's how, uh, that's how <laughs> I've been I, hunting him yeah. since he dated my sister. Uh, He's the reason why she's my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need reasons for that. <laughs> we won't go there today. <laughs> you should, because last, last recordings we, we picked on you. It's that, his turn. That's for another episode. Because <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a long one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I used to use that tactic a lot, and they started looking forward to it. And then I'd jump across the table and, all right, why do you hate that person? What? Why do you hate them? Uh, I don't. Yes, you do. Why? You heard their background. You know your background. Why do you hate them? doesn't mean you're going to kill them. Yeah, you're just, probably going to still, but what, what about that character? pisses you off yeah there's always something for there's them. gonna be yeah. something um you know they give a description you have your character flaws you have your disadvantages what what pisses you off about him and go around the table and a lot of times you know that also works best when you're dealing with the darker groups uh everyone on the table is a rogue okay why does he piss you off oh uh, well usually that's a one shot because everyone eventually kills everyone else but that could be comical too yeah but there's a couple of different ways to go about it. Now, I said that's a that's a tactic I used to use a lot. Well, th- I remember that tactic because um, when we first started our week long getaway, if you remember, mm-hmm. somebody was playing uh, a dark elf, and my character, and he was a nobleman yep. or pre- was pretending to be a nobleman, and my character hated noblemen at the time because of all the stuff he went through. So that's how our characters built their relationship. I did not care for Len Scott's character, <laughs> but you know. It, it took a little while, but we kind of grew on each other, and then we learned to, um, like moss and fungi. Yeah, but we 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 knew each other. We knew he couldn't hit anything, and I could hit everything. So he depended on me to protect him. Yes, but you were not a very um, eloquent individual. Where Len was very eloquent <clears throat> and could talk his way out of most issues. He did quite so a between bit. The, between the two of you, it was a very interesting combination. Yep. But that's an interesting point that, that Lou brings up, too. And that's what, again, it makes the game really enjoyable is, is over the course of seven years, uh, two individuals that didn't really like each other at all, at all, um, became very close friends. Um, and to the point where they... They, they learned a lot of stuff about one another that maybe not a lot of other people knew. And there weren't a lot of people or a lot of characters in the party that really liked anybody at all. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and, and it was, um, it was, it was, it was kind of cool how it all ended up because there was, there was a, a lot of cohesion. There was right. a lot of chaos amongst the cohesion, right? But that's just, 
But see, that, that's the that, players. That, co- that cohesion started with the introductions. Yep, yep. And and okay, what what do you like about them? What you don't like about them? And like I said that that the tactic that I used, mm-hmm. you're right, I did use at that time, and it they said that's it'd be amazed what what comes out of that little seed that you can plant sometimes, and it's how you get your group together. Um, a lot of times that will happen during session zero. Yep. Uh, even if it doesn't, new characters being introduced. Um, okay, you randomly roll a die. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, character number five. You know him. Um, please give your background. Okay, why do you know him? Not the new character. Why does the existing character know him? Because someone's got to someone's got to verify it. Yeah, someone's got got to vouch for him. So an existing character is the best way to do it. Yep. Right? How do you know him? How can you vouch for him? Yeah, or else why we would let him? Why would we let or him? Or we wouldn't let him in. Oh, exactly. uh, I have a piece of paper from the governor, just like you do. Uh, you need to let me hear because I was summoned. Uh, no. Yeah, no. 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 Forgery. May, let your characters do that's, it for you. That's kind of how Len ended up there. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, but we found that out later. We were already friends. <laughs> <laughs> no escaping by then. And that was a good example of, you know, we were, we were summoned. Yeah. You know, yep. very, very tired, overused plot device, but it was it was presented in a fashion different from... You guys were summoned, right. and that's it. Actually, was that the year? No, that was not the year. We actually wrote summons as an invitation for the group. That was the next that year. That was the next that year. We next actually year. sent out summons as an invitation to the to the, the function, and we've done that every year, year since. We've yep. come up with some form of invitation, and again, that's another way to get everyone together. We wrote out, put it on parchment paper, and... You are being summoned to blah, 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 do this for so-and-so as a representative of your institution, religion, uh, race, town, city, your representative. Show up at this date at this time, which was the date we started our week long, and the date and the time, and we put it in fancy words, but... It was literally an actual invitation, and it didn't an seem actual like, and an actual summons. We, yeah, we you weren't just summoned; you were actually summoned. Yeah, and but it, that's the whole. I think that's the key right there. It took away from the normal, yeah. overused plot device. Yes, yeah, you were we actually got a summons in the mail. Yeah, and yeah, yep. We, we were, were stuffing <clears throat> envelopes and melting wax for the wax seals. Yep. And, yeah, and sending them out. Um, which we now have to do every year because we were told we can't stop. Well, you set precedence. You can't change yeah, it. We just got to up the ante now. Yeah, well, we will. <laughs> I know. We'll I probably move on to something, I don't know, like a kidnapping. or, or, or We got to get a van big enough and people strong enough to haul a bunch of you know, thick-waisted, middle-aged <laughs> men into the back of a... A rider we truck always, or something. We, we could always use one of those handicapped ones that have got the built-in crane. Or it's, here, roll onto that. Um you're right. There are a number of ways to get around the, even if you use the, you have been summoned, you're in a bar, uh, this, that, the other thing. Uh, another one I've used a few times is a bazaar or a carnival. And there's games of chance and there's feats of strength and things like that. And I'll take one of the weaker characters and put them up there mm-hmm. under one of the feats of strength. And of course, well, here comes big, bad, you know, tank character. I can do better than that. And okay, roll it. Yep. You know, and then like two characters that aren't involved in this thing, especially if he flubs the roll. Guess what you just saw? You look over there and there's this itty bitty little dude that just hucked this 30 pound piece of stone over a bar. 
with one hand and the big brute three times his size dropped it and almost crushed his own head. It's hilarious. And you think you know these guys. You've seen them before. Um, and the crowd's heckling. Do you care to join? That, that is a good way to yeah, So to I've used the bazaar mm-hmm. and the, the carnivals as an introduction as well. And now they've gone together and then something terrible happens at the bazaar and and brings them even and, closer. Yeah, and hopefully brings them closer. And they don't go, oh, shit, I'm out of here. And they run in different directions. But um, but another way to, to get past that, that pitfall of overused devices. You can use them again. Just like I said, dip them in chocolate or strawberry sauce. I started, uh, I started our, our week-long campaign um, with the ending of that week-long campaign. Yeah, the and epilogue. What, yep, started yeah. with the epilogue, and that's, and that was a way to bring everybody together because at the end, that's where they were, and we actually brought our uh, characters who are running a a third parallel campaign into the beginning of that week long annual campaign. It's a tangled web we weave sometimes um, with that epilogue, and then took it very. To the, back to the very beginning and worked our way to that. Yeah, it was like reading a book almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, we gave it the jacket cover. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And I think you could get a lot of inspiration for your um, your plot devices or how to, how to, at the very least, start your, your campaigns by um, watching TV shows. I watched I watch Star Trek. And they do a lot of stuff like that. Um, and I thought that was a really kind of neat thing to do. So I figured, well, well let's give it a try. And, and, and it worked. Um, it was executed well, fortunately, because it could have been an absolute disaster uh, if it wasn't. But part of the fun, I think, in, in running a game is doing things differently because you just haven't done it before. Let's play around with it. Let's... Shuffle the deck. We shuffled the deck one year yep. where we we uh, we dropped the cards, picked them up in piles, and threw them on different tables. We, yeah, we, we, we shifted people from one table to another, swapped them out like midweek. Yeah, yep. And it, doing those little things keeps it, keeps it fresh because, like Bill said, there's, nothing's original any, anymore. It's, 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 always, it's already been done. Right, but just just so people know, you know, when we go away on a week long, we have so many people. We need two tables. Yes. How do you do that on a single table? Uh, on a on a single table, well, you, you you can't really boot someone off the table and put them on another table because they'll be there all by themselves and they'll be pretty upset. Um, but you you can certainly start a campaign with the ending part. Be like, well, this is in our case, it was it was a huge battle, right? Um, and uh, that's what pulled everybody together. You could certainly do that at your weekly game, um, and just have a have a basic idea of or this is the ending that they're going to get to. So everything from tonight on is going to get them to that point. Uh, you just have to be kind of vague enough in your description of the battle so that when they do do things that uh, come up, you don't, you don't kind of paint yourself into a corner. Right. Yeah. Well, you asked, how do you do that with a single table? I've actually done that. Right. Where I've switched out the characters. 
um, what I ended up doing is making a bunch of pregens that were equivalent to the players and then collected the character sheets and handed them the bad guys. I remember that one too. And make them play the bad guys for an encounter mm-hmm. and you run their characters. Now, it you have to be a little along the line of your scenario so you have a really good understanding of your characters. You make notes as you go, ACs, favorite attacks, things like that, so you can emulate their characters as best as possible. But make them play the bad guys. And they have to battle their own characters. That That's a good point, too. And that, that's how you switch them out. You see how well a player knows their characters in situations like that. Um, it could be it could be pretty entertaining. Uh, I did something somewhat similar in a, a superhero campaign using the old Marvel superheroes role playing game rules from TSR, where I had uh, a, a team of superheroes, kind of like the Justice League. Everybody had their character, and the beginning of the scenario was them leaving their equivalent of the hall of justice and all of their sidekicks behind, uh, with a pizza delivery guy and, uh, the janitor who was a retired superhero and was like 90. And they went up I to think this. I know him. We went to school together. <laughs> <laughs> they went to, you know, they went to the, the moon base where the bad guy was with a giant gun, you know, aimed it, aimed at the earth. And uh, I I obliterated every one of them. <laughs> so they died 15, 20 minutes into the first session, and then I handed them out the sidekicks and go, here you go. Here are your sidekicks. That's awesome. Yeah, and it was, it was fun mm-hmm. because they were, they were thinking, we're going to have, you know, these big, this big pantheon of superheroes. Superheroes, and, and they got the sidekicks. And the pizza delivery guy. We were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they had a really, really good time with it. It, it is. It, it really, it's a, it's a change of pace because you're not going to be steamrolling everything pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to play um, kind of on, on, a, on a lower power level yep. with the, uh, the, the superhero stuff. One of the things that Bill and I did that I, I really liked to bring uh, – characters together was we we set up a a campaign that took place in in a city it was all city stuff so all the characters were characters from a relatively large city but they knew everybody else because no matter how big a city is you're gonna bump into into people especially if you kind of cavort through nefarious birds of a feather yeah birds of a feather and uh everybody Everybody made three characters, and and you played one of those three characters, and you could you can plug in whatever character you wanted to play. So we always had this this variety, and there was uh, what fifteen, eighteen characters at the table, not all at once, of course, but they were always intermingling. So yep. these you you have six players, and you chained one person. Everyone said, "Well, I'm playing the same one I played last week," and one char- player says, "No, I'm playing this different character." The dynamic of the entire group changed. It did. Yeah, Change it drastically sometimes. A, a drastically yeah. sometimes. And then the next week, everyone changed their characters to a third one, and it was a completely different flavor again. You always had the ability to play a character. And for the end of that particular storyline, yep. you stuck with that character. Once you were done, 
jump to another character. Now, some people just stuck with the same one straight through or stuck with it for a while and jumped to another one. Some Every week I had a different person out there. Right. It depends on your flavor. But you always, you had the same characters, you had the same city, you had the same settings, sometimes even the same story. Uh, just another chapter. Yep. But it was completely different. And there was, there was a couple times where party's like okay this is all well on foot but we really need this person well well, he's not here let's hunt down this person and that became the evening's adventure is finding the person they wanted to do the adventure and just finding that one character because that was a better fit than you know this guy over here and you know we can we can deal with her but this guy here no he's he's a liability we need to find so-and-so right it was a lot of fun it was oh it was because we swapped out DMs as well mm-hmm. because we were trying to cultivate other DMs because I'm always chasing that that hope that I'll I'll be able to play. You're a large man, and chasing <laughs> anything is dangerous. So just be careful. It, al- it always outpaces me. <laughs> it's because um, we, we I'm just, hamstring them. I'm just afraid you're going to trip and hurt yourself. Take out a hip or something. Like I know that. how Wiley Coyote felt. <laughs> um, you can only strap on the rocket skates so many times. He actually has a sign that says "Yikes." <laughs> That's for his dice. <laughs> but we had these these new DMs that um, they committed to one or two sessions, and they ran them, and they and they did well because it was it was uh, episodic, and it was it was easygoing, kind of beer and pretzels type stuff, something to get their feet wet. But then they would then they would use. Other DMs, NPCs. Well, and of they, course. And they put their spin on it, which was also kind of neat. So we ended up, we, we, we started, whereas you may have started in a tavern, or it's a different building than a tavern, but that's still yeah. where you started. But a warehouse. Yeah, everybody knew each other. And we saw the city um, really grow and kind of take on, take on a new life or a life of its, of its own, because the whole thing started in uh, an orphanage. Yeah, that was it. It was just, there was and, just an orphanage. And that was the campaign setting, was that one little building with that one NPC, and it became... It was a metropolis. Yeah, different districts, you know, the, the, the wharfs and the gangs that ran the wharfs, and then the gangs that ran the downtown, and um, it it was pretty neat to see that. And when you start in a unique fashion like that, or you just put a little, little different spin on the same old, same old people will take it and they'll run with it and they'll get super creative. Absolutely. And we did. Um, but now the, the next thing, how, how, how do you guys handle the all powerful NPCs that you guys have put out there sometimes? Oh, like Magnificus. <clears throat> yes. Magnificus. Oh. Nothing pisses off a table of players <laughs> like that damn NPC that can do everything. And that's something like a a green DM. You'll see them. You'll see them do. Um, they have all the answers. They have the right key for that lock. They but it takes they, away to a little bit of flavor from the game for the oh, players. Oh, definitely a lot. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It 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 takes a lot of flavor away from from the players. Um, and and they all they all end up kind of like I I think it's Tolkien's fault. You know, Gandalf was the all powerful NPC. Yep, and he. He's cool. He's kind of a douche. 
<laughs> you know, Gandalf was a jerk. Yeah. He was a mean old man. He, well, when you're that old. He was always he, yelling at people. Of course. Like, like Bill. He was always yelling at people. <laughs> yep. uh, Intolerant. Yeah. I got yeah. stuff to do. You guys I, can walk through the woods for a while without me. I'm, all, I'm all gray. Yeah. Hunched over. Yeah. Don't take my staff away from me. <laughs> it's And it's Tolkien's fault. And I, I think it's one of those things where you 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 watch a movie and they write themselves into a corner, and you're like, "How are these guys gonna gonna get out of this situation?" Two years later, the new movie comes out, and guess what? We're tra- we're time traveling. <laughs> yep, to it's, try to fix everything. Yeah, the all powerful NPC is the is the time traveler, um, or the time travel device in 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 a plot where you you write yourself into a corner. Um, so I I don't have all powerful NPCs. Um, I will. I will interject an NPC um, that is perhaps good at whatever their particular uh, profession is, but not out. But he's not the guy that can that, that can uh, beat up everybody in the party or the whole party altogether. Because that that's no fun. No, it's not. Definitely not. Um, now, see, I I've used the all powerful NPC as a setup because every time it came to something that he didn't know how to do, he would just. Listen, I've done enough for you guys. One of you guys figure this out. And, you know, I'm done carrying your weight. And he'd, he'd hold off, and I'd build him up, and I'd build him up, and I'd build him up, and then cut him out of, cut him off, you know, at the ankles and have him go, oh, oh wow, he isn't all that all-powerful. All He's actually been pulling the wool over our eyes the whole time. So you, you kind of lead them up, and they're like, oh, geez, you know, and just when that frustration starts kicking in, you start showing his failings. And then have them crash horribly because the party will eat it up. Oh, my God. Yeah, he failed. Yes. And they'll just jump on that poor SOB and kick him while he's down. And, and then, yay, we finally got one up. And then it's like, oh, okay. And then you can just other leave him at that low level, let him build up, let him use him as a resource whenever he is. They have something that is in his wheelhouse. Yep. Um, and so you can call upon him to take care of things, but now you can pull him out, but it, it, you've let him on, let him on and got him in a direction where you needed him to go, but then show his failings. Um, so you, you can use the all powerful MPC yeah, when done, when done when, properly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to use the seemingly all powerful NPC. I like, I like them as a protagonist. So if I have a, if I have a, a character, in my party who has uh, an antagonist somewhere in their, their background, that guy is going to be the perceived all-powerful NPC. Um, what's nice is when the two of them get together and there's, like, combat, um, having them give the the PC a good whipping. <laughs> and because then when... Um, when, when the PC levels up and comes back and they meet again and that PC is victorious, it, it's sweet. It, it tastes good. Revenge. Yep. Revenge. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's, that, that's a good use of, of something like that. Um, or there's a per- perception that, that this, um, this villain, it works great with villains, um, Player characters will just assume that every villain is kind of a badass, and sometimes it the villain is just 
the guy who's the smartest one or the gal who's the smartest one, and they're they're the puppeteer. They're pulling the strings. They may have no like skill with magic or weapons or fighting or any of that stuff. They're just they're smart and they know how to manipulate and pull the strings. And it's always interesting to see the PCs go into something like that and they lay out this elaborate plan um, with their mages and their healers and and you know they're all healed up and ready to go and they got this plan and it they turn out it's it's an accountant. And he's hiding under the desk. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> Holding a stapler because yeah. that's the only thing he knows how to use. Uh, but when done poorly, man, they players hate nothing more it than the all-powerful NPC. Yeah, it deflates the game. Yeah, or the or the the player, uh, the DM PC, who's like an NPC, and I'll run these, and that's, that's really tricky because people hate that too. Uh, players hate those. DMPCs, and you have to be really, really good with 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 handling that yeah, on your toes. <clears throat> yeah, because you don't want to steal their thunder. You know, when you're the DM, the game's about the players. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing is you're telling the story. Yep. We'll come back to this a lot. This yeah. particular phrase. You're telling the story, and the last thing you want to do is make your players a footnote. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you, yeah. You don't want to just give a dialogue. Nope. Um, if they wanted that, they'll read a book. Yep. That's why, like, um, the couple times I ran, I didn't play a PC because I'm not ready for that for that yet. That's often what I, yeah. what I tell brand new game mm-hmm. masters: is don't run a PC. If you have one out there, it's for the encounter, and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. You run into the only, you have to have NPCs. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to have NPCs, but you don't want a PC, it, and the, you don't want the NPC that travels with the group when you're first starting because. It becomes overused, number it one. Overused, number one. And number two, they have all the answers because you have all the answers. Exactly. And, you, and if the table stalls, you fall into the trap of he just happens to find the secret door. And, oh, did you look in this drawer? Oh, here's what we're looking for. Um, you don't want that. So just don't have an NPC travel with the group until you become a little bit more proficient in how to separate yourself and separate your character. Right, and that's why if I ever run a game, there's, I'm not playing a PC. NPCs, yeah. yes. And there's situations too where it's it works and and others it, it doesn't. If you're running a weekly game, you really there's no there's no real place for it. Um, the DM run. No, he has DCMPC, a, yeah, he has enough know? fun as played as it is. Yeah, right. Um, in the case where we go away and we do a, a gaming vacation for a week and and we rotate GMs, and there's that ever present small glimmer of hope that someone's going to run. <laughs> small glimmer of hope then yeah if if you're if you're rotating gms and you want to have a character immersed in the story and your opportunity may come up to play i think it's appropriate when done well right um but if you don't think you can do it well then don't do it exactly. yeah don't do it yep. don't because, do it because it's gonna it's gonna become a trap for you well not all that it's it, it you know you as a beginning dm you know that's just something added that you have to keep track of Oh yeah, absolutely. And you have you yeah. have enough to keep track. Even it's not even if it's the week long getaway. Yeah. If it's a four hour session, especially if you're starting as a game master, mm-hmm. you're you're trying to learn. You're trying to earn your chops to start with. Uh, there's way too many pitfalls and traps and overused devices that you're going to have to circumnavigate to start with. Throwing it, it's a character that you need to to be able to run on the level of everyone else without being too powerful or too weak or having the answers or doing nothing. It just complicates things. Stick with the story, stick with the storytelling, deal with the monsters, but keep your player character off. Right. The not table. only that, I think um, 
at least from you know what what I'm thinking, if you're sitting at a table with you know a bunch of new players and you and you're playing a character all the time and just happens that you never miss or something, they're automatically going to say, you know, you're you're fudging the dice, right? So even if you roll the dice in front of them, yeah, even but they're going to say so. I'd rather just leave that off the table as a DM for myself, right? Yeah, you never want your integrity as a DM to be questioned because then, you know, really your your validity as as the one at the head of the table is shot. Yeah. Well, you have a built-in pass because your car- your dice never hit anything. Yeah, I never. So have you don't that have problem. to worry about being accused of fudging the numbers, right? Because <clears throat> you, I swing a lot. Your D twenty is only numbered one through five. It would, or so it would seem. I check the numbers over and over and over again. Yeah, so we're not worried about you. There's a twenty on there. I've just never seen it. It's like a unicorn to you. Yeah. I had a better chance of seeing Bigfoot than a twenty on my uh, on my rolls. I think that's your full size mirror in the back of your bedroom door, sir. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, the whole new, um, you know, you know, when you're first running a game, how do you handle, you know, being the heavy handed authoritarian? Yeah, that's um, the heavy-handed authoritarian is is uh, one of the big rules we have. We have we have house rules, but uh, it's very simple. Uh, when you're when you're the DM, don't be a dick. Yeah, you know you're you're not uh, you're you're not the uh, the CEO or the manager of the the game. You're you're a part of of the story. But you also have to understand too if uh, your role as the DM is meaningless if you're the only one sitting at the table. Well said. Well, a lot of times I've seen, especially early on, um, and during the RPGA d- days, the Role Payers Gaming Association, it was tabletop PvP. Um, you went to conventions and you were scored at how well you outplayed everyone else. It was combative. And a lot of times from that stemmed people going back and game mastering and the mentality of me versus them was very, very prevalent. Yep. Where the game masters, no, I, I, I'm going to do everything I can to stop them, to kill them, to maim them. Uh, the more damage I can do to them, the better. And that means I won. Yeah, I wanted and, I wanted D and D. Yeah, and well, that's not it's not how it's played. And you know, I know we talk about the year that not shall that shall not be named, but we did su- we did suffer that ourselves one year. Yes, yes, the we DM, did. He was very you know he was out for uh, for everybody. He he targeted <clears throat> a, a number of of the uh, veteran players, mm-hmm. um, and it was evident. Uh, for some people, they ended up taking them right out of the game. Yeah, and there was others that played around it, and we even lost the player because of that. Yeah, yep. a person who showed up, you know, was was devout to the game, um, and our outings never showed up again. Yeah, so that's how Which detriment, un- that's how detrimental it could be. Oh yeah, it could destroy your entire table, it could yep. destroy your entire yeah, game. You you could have nothing left. Yep. A- after something like that, and I thought we weren't going to have anything left. Yeah, it took a lot of con- you know, cajoling and convincing to yep. to get everything you know the pieces back together again. It was a tough year. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that, uh, of course, shameless plug, but I think that's why something like this is important. Um, those, those folks like us that are that are embarking upon podcasting, those people that are already doing it, or the YouTubers that are out there that are are are, are kind of reaching a large audience of 
of, of newer inexperienced players or even some experienced players and just kind of nurturing them along. So stuff like this, this doesn't happen. So it's not an adversarial game because of all the games out there. Um, D and D is probably the most cooperative game that I've, that I've ever it's, played. It's really, truly a cooperative game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it's not mm-hmm. intended to be adversarial. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't game at the conventions uh, back in the day. You weren't old enough. Like, like Bill did. No, I was, uh, Bill started <laughs> the year I was born. Um, <laughs> but I am old, <laughs> but you do see that a lot with, with the gamers from, from our generation when they're, they're sitting at, at, at the head of the table, it's that, that habit they got into where it was kind of me versus them. And of course it's not everybody. Some people evolve over time, uh, with, with, with the game and their, their, their style is, is different. And other people just never ran a game like that. You know, they were, they were more cooperative GMs, but you do, I, I, I've experienced that. I would say more from our generation than some of these these newer folks like our our threes and our three point fives and our you know our our generation four point oh. Yes, yeah, I never really touched three five or four or four or five, whatever. I haven't either, but you know, you see the you see the kids that played that when they were you know when they're in high school or yep. whatever have you, and and it's like every generation, it's a it's a it's a different different vibe altogether, and there's a lot of there's a lot of good from all of those all of those different generations of gamers that you should handpick and pluck out of there. So you don't end up that adversarial GM because that really sucks. We got to keep in mind too is that from a game, it was like we're, we're kind of directing this towards the game masters. So if you have your players and they're they're, they're literally out playing you, which could happen. I mean, you get some some people that are yeah. really inventive, uh, the, the best laid plans, mm-hmm. and they destroy you, and you keep throwing you off and keep throwing you off. Don't punish your players. You reward them for their creativity. Right. Yep. But but that's just, you know we're all human. The reaction is to be defensive. And again, it's not a me versus you, but I've seen a number of times where you, you outplay the, the game master, you outsmart him, you figured out his little puzzle and you blow right through it. And it's like, ah, gee, that was 15 minutes and it was supposed to last two hours. Um, okay. I'm going to grab the biggest, nastiest monster I can find in the book and let's see how I handle this. And, I mean, and- don't punish your players for out, outsmarting you have more material and work with it. And that 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 goes. That's going to go to what I, what I was going to bring up next is understanding that your players will ruin what you have already laid out for plans. Always. How smiled? Did you see how he smiled you? when he said that? <laughs> he 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 practically glowed. I think you, I think you wrote that. There's nowhere in the there's nowhere in the episode yeah, it, notes. It's, that it's not yeah. It's not in my notes either. So he just yeah okay. It, it, he Lewism dies. Yeah, it's just somebody had to do it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to ruin it. They're going to they're going to destroy it for you. Well, let's let's, let's take a quick flashback to the, the this okay. year that we just went we just passed. What happened to Matt when he was running? Yeah, at the end we we and Matt uh, is a a phenomenal uh, DM. Yes, he is. He's yeah. wildly entertaining, charming, talented, knows the rules uh, backwards and forwards. Um, and, uh, is one of, one of those people that can really, really think on their, on their toes. He's, he's super clever and he's probably one of the better entertainers as far as GMs go. Yep. yep. And we, yeah, we, we, we shot his epic ending to hell. 
Oh, we derailed that baby <laughs> so bad. There was a Multiple plume. times. Oh, there was a plume of smoke you could see from the next date over. Yeah, yeah. And, and coming out of his ears. We oh, had, yeah. He, he, had to, he had to take a break. And just he took a break. <laughs> yeah, he took a break. Yeah, he had to walk outside for a couple minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the culmination of a year's worth of writing and uh, about 43 hours worth of consistent playing was uh, sunk like the Titanic. Oh, yeah, we shot to hell. Um, and they're going to do that. They're going to, they're going to totally derail your plans and you gotta, you gotta understand that y- your story is not cut and dry and it is not on a linear path. No, it's ever flowing. Oh, it, it is going to zig and zag and drop and fall and rise and hopefully these conversations we're having with you will help you better prepare for a lot of this stuff. Uh, but they're, they're going to mess you up. Um, they don't even see the yellow brick road, let alone follow it. Uh, so just be ready for it. They're going to mess you up. And having a couple spare encounters, having the ability to scale your opponents, you're supposed to be a champion, a hero, an adventurer. Um, what makes you think the orcs don't have the best of the best out there sometimes, yep. too? Uh, they're going to, you know, you can scale things. So if, they, if they're blowing through stuff, buff them up a little bit. Add a couple extra, you know, that came in from the flanks. A couple extra hit points here and there will make them live <clears throat> one more encounter. Um, or just the opposite. If the, their dice are, are, are suck, you know, mm-hmm. and have Scott disease, um, make them a little easier. Maybe they were already in a battle. You know, you met up to him and you haven't swung at him yet and he's already bleeding. Why? Right. Well, maybe there's a skirmish with another group of orcs, you know, over territory and you happen to stumble into the winners. But they're still beat up. Right. You know, so there's, you can justify things after the fact. Well, it's after, but it's during that point, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get a little scenario of what happened. Um, it's like when Trevi went up to the guy who was just about to be summoned and dropped that dimensional pocket on him and just took the bad guy out of the game like that. Yes. What the, you know, I was like, whoa, that, that was very, I was happy. Yep. But Matt was like, what the fuck? That was my story. You know, the next round, that guy was coming to life. Well, what do I do now? Yeah, he basically pulled the the device that was re-energizing the bad guy um, and bringing him back to life in another form um, and basically pulled the plug. Yep. yep. Literally just went up there and went, yeah, Right at the last the yes, last, the last day. possible moment. Yep, yeah, the, the last, last day, the last possible moment. And just went. Just when the popcorn was starting to pop. Yep. He pulled it right off pulled the stove the, top. Pulled, pulled, and, yep, yep. I and, think Matt's eyes rolled in the back of his and head. And dumped the butter into the trash. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but they'll do that, and that that's what makes the game uh, entertaining. And, uh, you know, DMs are DMs. They're not poker players. You know, we we don't always have great poker faces. Um, and that's fun. I, our, our group is our, our group has uh, stumped me on on numerous occasions doing things outlandish um <laughs> but it's it, it's fun it's kind of like the the rule of cool if it if someone proposes something that's not wildly outlandish but it's going to really take things off the rails i like but the it rule would be of cool. cool i like it 
yeah, give it a shot. Let's 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 see what let's see what happens. Well, that's where one of my, my one of my later favorite characters come from, Dog. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they said make something different that you've never played before. Uh, for me, that's a little difficult. I've played D and D every single week, nonstop for fifty years. I've had a game or two running at my house every week, consistently for all this time. Um, aside from this uh, issue that we're dealing with right now with uh, the pandemic, there's been people at my house every single week for 50 years. Uh, I've played everything, or pretty darn close. And so I said, okay, I'm going to play a cleric that had a magical accident, and he's actually a dog. And the game master looked at me and went, what? He's a dog. Uh, Oh, the dog that can speak, though. No. Nope, he's just a dog. Uh, and then I told him how I was going to pull it off and has a device that allows him to cast and things like that. So, but, and that's where the sound effects that we were talking about before come in. Yeah. I actually put together a soundboard with a bunch of dog noises. And instead of talking, I just hit my soundboard and I had, and they started recognizing the bark, the whimpers, the, the growls. And they said, Oh, here comes the big one. Yeah. You know, What's something or another. Yep. So, you know, you, you can step out of the box a little ways sometimes. Uh, and it's an it's an interesting way to throw the the game master off, but not throw him off. I mean, I gave him a, a heads up. It's a table I threw off. Right? Yeah. You, oh, you threw us all off because <laughs> we're like, what the hell? And you're like, uh, there's a giant mastiff sitting amongst us, gnawing on a ham that just rolled across the table for no reason with no one touching it. Um. Okay. Maybe this is not a normal dog. And they're still trying to figure him out. After we've been playing them for a year, uh, close to that, yeah. yeah, and they're still trying to figure them out. So, how do you fix these things? You know, or, or are they even really something you you have to fix? You know, when they go off the rails, when they when they spoil your plans, is it something you really need to fix? I I think it's kind of like, you know, if you've ever fallen down a hill, trying mm. to keep yourself from falling is pointless. Just actually, roll with it's it. It's actually worse than sometimes. Yeah, just roll. <clears throat> yeah. Just roll with it. Um, I think that's the best way to... Some of us are built a little rounder and easier to roll. I'm talking about myself, actually. <laughs> oh, you were looking at Scott, though. And then you were looking at me, too. Yeah, well, you guys are almost as round as I am, so... It's not as old. Uh, no one is. <laughs> I think tolerate is a better word. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think you need to fix them. A lot of this stuff just needs to be tolerated and redirected. Um, adversarial players, you can pull them aside. Hey, dude... What's up? You know, why, are, why, why, why are you playing this way? Uh, if you're an adversarial game master, you should hope your players pull you aside. I was about to say that the same could be said for the yeah. adversarial GM. And, 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 and to our point, that's probably where you need to be careful of. It's not you versus them. Yep. Okay? If they do something that sets you off, figure it out. Right? Don't retaliate. Don't punish your characters. Don't try to punch the players. Especially the players, yeah. Yeah, don't well, punch the players. Yeah, the players will just leave. You'll have no one. Yeah. Uh, you and, know. Then, and then you're, yeah. sit, you're sitting in the basement by yourself. Yep. Um, which yeah. is no fun. No. So it, I don't think you need to necessarily fix any of these issues. I think you need to tolerate them. I need to do, you need to learn from them, okay? You never learn from your successes. No. Okay? You never learn from your successes. You only learn from your failures. So learn from it. Figure it out. How did this work? 
How did it not work? How do I avoid it? And just don't do it again. And then work with it. And like I said, roll. Roll with the characters. Roll with the roll with the players. They're going to derail you. Get used to it. Yeah, it's it, expect it. I think that's the best thing you can do is expect that they're going to derail your plans and that chances are 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 pretty good that it it's going to end up even cooler than um than you would originally planned because they they could get get pretty uh pretty creative and and pretty entertaining. You just got to go with it. Understand that, you know, if if you get a new puppy, they they're, they're going to pee on the carpet. That's just the nature of it. Your players are gonna pee on your campaign from time to time. You know they're they're gonna they're gonna ruin it. I remember starting a campaign with a new DM, and and Lewis was there, and the big bad made his first appearance like a half an hour into the game, and I rode out with with Lou's character and the rest of the characters, and the big bad you know started you know pushing everybody around. So I said, well, I, I attack him. So we rolled initiative. One of those rare instances where I did. Scott's only high roll. I did. I did. <laughs> not only did I do really well on uh, on the initiative roll, but I rolled a 20 on my attack roll, a nat, nat 20, and I had a Vorpal sword. <laughs> so it cut it, you know, it cut its head off. Um, and, and you can't live without a head. So he died. And um, it was probably, I think it was like 1985 or something. (laughs) So he hasn't rolled a 20 since. So I, afterwards, I said, there can be only one. (laughs) And like in Highlander, I had just seen the movie a bunch of times, like the weekend before on Cinemax. And uh, everybody laughed, but the DM and and he, he stood up so fast, his chair fell over and he, and he left. He did. (laughs) That's when Scott's last roll of the natural twenty. The natural twenty got stuck yeah. in Ravenloft. <laughs> <laughs> I killed the big bad. I drove the angry GM away, and, and I don't think he's run a game since, um, which is too bad. You, you know, just roll with it. Um, well, we were younger back then too. So. We were way younger back then. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Bill was in his forties. Yes, nineteen eighty two. He is now a lich. <laughs> His phylactery is a beer bottle. Um, yeah, and they figured me out. But roll with it. They're going to, um, and, and, you, and you know what? When they derail your plans at, in such an epic fashion, laugh along with them too because that is pretty funny. Oh, it is. That, and that was, like, like you said, that was probably one of the funniest moments I can remember. One of them. I do remember a few others. And, I mean, <clears throat> we've mentioned this before. It's a cooperative game, and that's just the players for the game master as well. Um, you are in theory, all friends getting together, having a good time. Yep. Have a good time. Um, yeah. And, laugh. and, and laugh. I mean, it's like, yep. You cut down my guy. Damn. Well, that was supposed to be a half an hour, but now it gives him a half an hour longer to eat the rest of the snacks. Pass me another Dr. Pepper. Um, and where the hell's the last backup Funyuns? Yep. And what can you do in a situation like that? You know, just one of the things that pops into my mind is, you know, you maybe bring them back. Um, six or seven sessions into your game, and and he's got a really poor stitching job on his neck, holding his head to his neck. <laughs> the Kurgan, yeah, and you know, it looks like looks like someone hastily sewed him up, and 
you know, through whatever magical means, he's kind of still up and running, but not quite his self afterwards. And you have a whole new big bad. Um, coming back with a vengeance. Coming back with a vengeance because he cut his head off. He's probably upset. I would say so. <laughs> so just roll with it. <laughs> well, and that's going to conclude our episode for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for spending time with us. Please subscribe. Share us with your friends on Facebook and any other platforms. And listen to new episodes every Tuesday. And we'll see you next week in the dojo. 